Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much, worship team. And uh, a very warm welcome to all of those who are coming to support your loved ones or your friends today at the baptism service. Uh, a very warm welcome to you all. And let's just ask the baptism, people getting baptized today, if you wouldn't mind just standing to your feet. And if you wouldn't mind, we'd like to just pray for you and over you. And if the congregation, you'd like to join me and raise out your hands as we these people will take this great step of faith in their baptism this afternoon. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for each and every person here this afternoon. We thank you for their great obedience. We thank you that they're following in your footsteps, Lord. They're following in what you've done and so forth. They're leading on into that, Father. Lord, we just pray for your blessing upon each and every one of them. We thank you, Lord, as they've been liberated and saved from the bondage of Egypt. They enter out into the wilderness there, Father, with the pillar of light and the fire to lead them and guide them, Father, by your Holy Spirit. And as they pass through the Red Sea, Father, the waters will come crashing down behind them, Lord. The past is behind them, and they look forward into their future, Lord. All things passed away, and all things made new in their lives, Lord. Every stumbling spot that's gone before them, Father, will be turned into a stepping stone higher and deeper into the purposes and plans that you've ordained for their lives, Lord. And we just pray for your blessing, your favor that surrounds them like a shield here this afternoon in your victorious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Thank you. Oh, please be seated, guys. Oh, fantastic. Well, just before I continue, I've never actually preached with a huge tank of water behind me, so if I get lost throughout the service and I start leaning towards that direction, please just shout tank, and that will alert me to take haste and speedily step away if that's okay. As powerful as baptism is, I don't fancy having a second baptism this afternoon. But we're now, and I think very apt and relevant as we're having people being baptized this this afternoon, we're going on to speak about the spiritual gifts. We've been going through the series, and we're in our third week now. We had Christian speaking to us on the discernment, uh, wrong, in the gifts of, of wisdom. Uh, um, Jonathan Miller was speaking to us on the gift uh, of knowledge. And I'm going to be speaking this afternoon on the, the, the spirit of discerning, the discerning of spirits, or the distinguishing of spirits. Now, our core scripture for this afternoon is going to be 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 7. So if you'd like to turn with me to that in your word, in your Bibles, that'd be fantastic. And it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For all to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your inerrant, inspired word. Father, we just... I lift up each and every person here in the congregation this afternoon, Father. And I just pray through this teaching, Lord, that we will get a greater wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you, of your great word and your great truths. 
May we be equipped and empowered further to ask ourselves to operate in these gifts, Lord. And I just pray for your blessing upon your word and I pray for your blessing upon all the congregation. May our hearts be open and minds receptive. Father, may I speak only what you desire to me to speak. Nothing more, nothing less, Father. And may anything that's spoken of in the flesh, may it fall to the ground and die, Father. But all that is spoken of in the spirit, may it fall upon receptive and open hearts and lives to be transformed and changed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You know, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers, against the rulers and authorities of this age, of darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavens. Do you know, Jonathan Edwards said, The task of every generation is to discern what the direction the sovereign redeemer is moving and then move in that direction. But who knows, as we align ourselves to God and his purposes and plans for our life and for his body, we are going to face some aspect of resistance. So therefore, to counteract that the very best we can, we need to know what assets, what we have to our disposal. Because the Lord Jesus hasn't left us here to defend for ourselves upon this earth. He's equipped us with every spiritual blessing and he's equipped us with every spiritual weapon and he has provided with us the armor that we may stand strong in this age to bring about effective change for the advancing of his kingdom. And I feel very blessed and privileged to have been a soldier in the natural. I spent 15 years in the Royal Marines and some specialist aspects of the military where I learned some great principles on warfare. And you know, we are all in a war. When you gave your lives to Christ, whether you liked it or not, you stepped into a battlefield, a real living battlefield. But the battlefield was not of the natural, but it was of the spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. And for us to operate and function in that spiritual world, we have to fight with spiritual weapons. Now, in the military, on the battlefield, what I've learned is we operate in units. And I see the un units are united. We're together and we work together. Now the gifts of the Spirit work through what each and every one of us, which each and every one of us has for the good of the body, for the building of the body, for the equipping and empowering of his body. And when we go out onto that battlefield, each and every one of us have our own separate responsibilities so we can support each other and cover each other for the greater good of winning that battle. Now, on that battlefield and as soldiers, we all know what our personal weapons are, we know what our personal armor is, and each aspect of the battlefield is covered by various bits of weaponry. We have weapons that cover the short-range distance. We have weaponry that covers the middle-range distance. We have weaponry that covers the far distance. We have weaponry in terms of air cover and air support by fast air aircrafts that come in can assist us when we need it. We also have satellites in the sky that can hone in and give us a greater perspective of the battlefield that we are operating in. And all these gifts complement each other and they overlap one another. 
The other thing we get as well when we're operating in darkness is night vision goggles. Night vision goggles so we can see in the time of darkness and we're able to identify our enemies. Now, I see so many parallels here and just humor for me for a second while I parallel them to the spiritual realm. I very much see that the satellite in the sky that's beaming us down on us and giving us a global picture of the battlefield, giving us a full idea of what's happening, is like the Holy Spirit. He's got the greater, bigger picture, and it's to him that we yield to, and he directs us in all things. Do you know, we also have spirits. We have angels that are there by our side that can support us, and they encourage us, they give us courage, and they support us and comfort us wherever we need. We only have to look at Elijah in that, when he was with his servant. Elijah uh, with his servant, the servant was observing uh, as to the natural, and he saw themselves completely outnumbered with the armies advancing. But Elijah, a spiritual man, was with with the spirit of discerning of spirits, was seeing in the spirit, and he prayed that, God would open up the eyes of his servant and see really what Elijah saw. And he saw the mountains surrounded them with chariots of fire, of angelic hosts, ready to wage war on their behalf. So we have each and every gift. We have each bit of different weaponry that we have to our disposal to operate on the battlefield that we, you and I, are in right now in this age. The other great thing that we have in military orders, before we go out on a mission, we have military orders, we all gather together in a large room. And in that room are all our assets and debts. Everything we've got to go out on that battlefield with. And we have a collective set of orders. The pilots are there who do the fast air. The people who control the satellites are are, are there. The um, demolitions people are there. The the machine gunners are there. The long-range gunners are there. Every bit of asset that we have to our disposal for that bit of a present in that room. And the first thing in our orders is situation enemy forces. The first thing they give us a full intelligence update on is our enemy. His, His techniques and his tactics and his procedures, his TTPs. And from that, we can best equip ourselves against what the enemy does. But the other very important thing we have in those set of orders as well is situation-friendly forces. We get to know where all our neighboring friendly forces are situated on the battlefield in all their varying forward operation bases. We know what fast air cover we have. We know where our gun positions are. We know where our mortar positions are. And we know what trajectory and what coverage our satellites are giving us to give us forewarning of enemy issues. So we're all covered in there. And when we're on the battlefield, one of the biggest things we have to do is when we come under fire with the enemy, when we lock horns with the enemy, when we're going about our task, one of the greatest things we have to do is, number one, identify the enemy. The second thing we have to do is win the firefight. Because whoever wins the firefight is the one who keeps the other person's head down. So we cannot see what the enemy is doing. And it's the same for us in a spiritual battle. The enemy is always trying to win the firefight in your life. 
We know the Lord Jesus Christ has once and for all won that firefight. But through the earthly realm and through our soul, he can then try and get us through sin, through not following his will and his ways, when we go off plan of what our commander-in-chief, our Lord Jesus Christ has directed us to do, we can get off kilter and it gives the enemy an upper hand on us. And through that, he blinds us. If we're living in the natural, we are never going to see what's happening in the spiritual. But we operate in a spiritual world. He who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. To discern what's happening in the spirit, we also must be in the spirit. That's why one of the first gifts of the Spirit that we went through, that Gabriel taught us on, was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we are able to yield to our Spirit, to see according to the Spirit, but then also begin to exercise and train to use the gifts of the Spirit, which I spoke of then in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 7. So the enemy wants to win the firefight. He wants to keep your head down so you cannot see what he is doing. And the greatest thing you need in your lives, in our journey with God, is to know what the enemy is doing. But the greatest thing above all of that is you need to know situation-friendly forces, who you've got alongside you, because that will bring you comfort and that will bring you courage. The also discerning of the Spirit we need to see is the Holy Spirit, because it's him that leads us and guides us into all ways and in his truths. He leads us and he guides us. We need to know where he's leading us and he's guiding us. And we have to be in our spirits to do that. You see, in the Song of Solomon 6.4, it says, an awesome army with banners. An awesome army with banners. Us, as the body of Christ, are an awesome army. And our banners that we go into that battlefield with are the gifts of the Spirit that we've got to win our battle with. We are an awesome army and we have banners. But we're operating in an invisible world and we need to be in our spirits. The gifts afford us the ability to operate and see in the realm of the spirit. And I'm trusting today from our teaching and through the series that we're going through, could the teaching of the gifts of the spirit over the next few weeks be the key to your breakthrough in your life? Could it be the key to opening up your eyes that you may see how the enemy is trying to win the firefight, suppress you and blind you to what he is doing? He is ambushing people unawares and we need to be aware of what he is doing. I want to share with you first some of the natures of the gifts of the Spirit. I want to share with you their nature. Then I want to share with you some of their purposes, some of their key purposes of having the gifts of the Spirit. Then I'd like to share with you and specifically zone in on the gift of discerning of Spirit itself. And then I'd like to move on and share with you something that God really placed in my heart when I was praying about this message of one of the greatest um, issues that we may face as, um, as a body collectively as revival comes to near us as spoken of and prophesied over us. So, the nature. The nature of these gifts. Firstly, they are gifts and they cannot be earned. And they are gifts so that God can supernaturally and sovereignly move through you and direct his body. 
God does not want a human, man-made church. Jesus built his church, and Jesus is a spirit, and he must build his church through the spirit. So the gifts allow God to sovereignly move in our body, through the body, through his ecclesia. And the other thing is, to each one, gifts are given for the common good. See, at the beginning of the scripture there in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 7, and the whole context of, of the chapter 12 there in Corinthians, you'll see it speaking a great deal about unity. And the greatest power in the body of Christ is unity, in the unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. One of the greatest things the enemy does to do is to bring disunity. But if we're going to have power, we have to be united because it's the unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. Now, all these weapons that each one of us are gifted with and we, are, we can exercise in them all, but we're given at times of when we need them. And some people are more strong in various gifts than others. People have different types of weaponry than others. But that's so that we unite as a team and we complement one another. For example, the gift interpretation of tongues. One speaks in tongues and the other interprets. We must work as a team to fulfill that. The gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom work very much hand in glove, and they complement it. Because the gift of knowledge is very much informative, but the gift of wisdom is directive. So we need the information, but then we need also the wisdom of how to action upon that gift. See, in Ephesians 4.16... It says, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. One of the third natures of the gifts of the Spirit is that it allows us to manifest. It allows the Holy Spirit to manifest itself in the natural. A lot of what you see that is happening in the natural first takes place in the spiritual. You see with Jesus and the fig tree. In the spirit, he cursed that fig tree. But it wasn't until some... It was done in the spirit when Jesus spoke those words. But it was only some time later that Peter then identified and said, Oh, look, Lord, there's no figs on the fig tree. The leaves have withered. There was a slight delay. But first we must get to the root before then we see the actual fruits of what has occurred in the spirit. So then this also allows us, and it builds courage in the body, and I believe in part will build unity, because what we see beginning to manifest in the natural from the supernatural will give us such confidence. Isn't it incredible when you see somebody healed, pulled out of a wheelchair, those that have not walked for 25 years are now walking, when demons are cast out of people and they're set free and you see their life again be handed back to Christ and the lightness and the glow about them. When we see these miracles, when we see the gifts manifesting, what great courage it gives to us as a body and it unites us. So the great thing about the, 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 the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit is it allows the Holy Spirit to manifest itself in the natural and that builds up the body, and it builds our faith. One of the fourth points is supernatural. 
our weapons are supernatural. They are beyond and above our natural ability. And we need that above and beyond natural ability to fight the fight that we are in. The manifestors of God himself on a higher level and they go above and beyond what we can achieve on our own. We will never, ever, ever win the battle of life in our lives in the natural. Because the victory is in the spirit. The victory is in Christ. Who wants to operate on a higher level? Who wants to operate on a higher level of their lives and get incredible breakthrough in their lives? Who is tired of being defeated by the invisible enemy? A lot of the time it's lack of knowledge. People perish for lack of knowledge, the word says. So we pray that through this teaching of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we'll come to a full revelation and knowledge of what weapons we have to our disposal. And collectively as a body, we can use to be skilled soldiers in using that weaponry for the advancing of the body of Christ. Amen? Okay, so that's the nature of the gifts. What are the purpose of the gifts? Well, the purpose of the gift is to make room for God sovereignly to move through his body. You know, God is in supreme charge of his church, but he wants to operate through his body. He wants to operate through you and I. You know, God is in heaven, and God sovereignly moves, but he has created you and I that he may operate in and through us for the building of his church. It's a partnership. He's our senior partner. He's our commander-in-chief, and we're his obedient soldiers working in partnership with him here on this earth. Amen? He doesn't want anything of the church to be under natural rule. He wants to supremely control it through you and I here today. See, it lifts us up above the realm of the natural and our natural senses. Derek Prince did a study, a great, phenomenal man of God, who I believe in our century operates in the, in the realm of the spirit, and particularly the discerning of spirits, one of the greatest that we've had. And I know he's preached from this very platform here at Kensington Temple. I never got to meet him, unfortunately, but he's just a, he's an absolute hero to me. I absolutely love the man, and he's, uh, just his teaching is, is incredible, and I really encourage you to, to listen to him. You haven't before. But he says that he did a study on the gifts of the Spirit, and he said, if you were to erase every supernatural activity in the book of Acts, he said, chapter by chapter, he said, you, what one chapter would be remaining in the book of Acts. If we removed every supernatural activity in the book of Acts, which is the foundations of our church that was created, there would not be a book of Acts. And I think that just emphasizes to us the importance of the spiritual realm and us being effective in operating in it. Do you know the other great thing about the gifts of the Spirit? It's fantastic for evangelism. Do you know, you can preach to your work colleagues, you can preach to your loved ones until you are blue in your face. But what can turn a situation around that is a supernatural word of knowledge in their life that no one knows other than them. Moving in the power of the gifts of healing. Whatever it might be, 
And I'm not saying preaching to your parents is fantastic because the word has power. It's a double-edged sword that will come to cut and divide under spirit and soul and to join the marrow and you, you will have the victory because the word states that it's his will for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So keep on preaching and, uh, in love and keep on sharing the word with them because the word is spirit and the word is life. But let me tell you, there's something incredible that can occur when you get a word from God. When I was working in, the, in, in my previous career, God supernaturally gave me a dream one night. Now, the military is a very hard environment to live in as a Christian man. And as I went, my, my, my troop commander, the, the person in charge of myself in my troop, um, I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw him. He was on a computer. And when I looked in my dream through his computer screen, I saw from above an aerial view of a young child hand in hand with his mother. And in the distance was a church. I knew that person in that dream was Brian, my troop commander at the time. And I knew that was his mum, and he was walking towards the church. I woke up and I knew it was a dream of God. And I didn't know how to bring it about. But years before, somebody had a word of knowledge for me. Three, four years before. And they said to me, Chris, I believe you're going to have a gift to word of knowledge of share things in people's lives in the military that only they know. And it would be a great tool for you to let them know about Christ. I went into my troop commander's office and I was doing some work on the board and I thought to myself, how do I say to a special forces troop commander that I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> so I was really praying right now and praying for God's blessing upon that situation, but I thought, do you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. I know what I've seen. I believe it's true. And I said, when everyone left the office, he was there on his computer. And I thought, now's maybe the time. I said, Brian, do you mind if I have a, a chat with you a second? He said, yes, sure, Chris, what's, what's wrong? I went, uh, it's just I had a dream about you last night. He stopped on his computer and kind of like looked out his corner of his eye and said, I said, bear with me, let me explain. He knew I was a strong Christian man. I didn't hide that in, in my career. And I said, Brian, last night I had a dream that you were on a computer. As I looked into the computer screen, I looked down from a picture from an aerial view and I saw a young child walking hand in hand with his mother and I saw you walking towards a church. I believe that child was you in the dream. I said, Brian, are you a Christian by any chance? The atmosphere went quiet and still. He stopped his work and he sat up to me. He looked at the door to make sure nobody was around. <laughs> he said, Chris, I used to go to Sunday school every single week with my mum. I said, well, Brian, where was your dad? He said, he left me when I was a child. He said, how do you know these things? I said, Brian, it's not what I know. It's what the living God knows. And he said, what else does he know? I said, well, we'll have to wait and see. But that man became my greatest supporter in my workplace. He turned things around for me in that place that I could have never done in the natural because I believe he heard a word from God. And he's a great man. He's a great man. I was on a mission with him, 
and he went on to win the infamous military cross. Um, great man. But it's great for evangelism. Using the gifts of the Spirit can turn situations in, around in your life in a second when we just yield to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And it all contributes to a common goal. As I keep on emphasizing, I will continue to emphasize, we are united as an army. And the key is unity. You know, our senior minister, if you, if you weren't around this morning, is doing a series on, on, well, is what would Jesus say? What would Jesus say? And today he was speaking a little bit about gossip. And you know, gossip is, is, is of the enemy because it causes, do you know why? It causes division in the body. And God doesn't want division. And it's such an important word for us. And our senior minister brings that to us because he loves us. And he wants us to live in the fullness of all that Christ has for us. And he doesn't want there to be any division. He wants us to be united so collectively we can achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. So one of the purposes of the gifts is to bring unity. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen you all. One of the purposes of the gifts of the Spirit is it strengthens us all as a body. Amen. The gifts purpose there are to encourage you, they're to build you up, and they're great for evangelism. And just like on the battlefield, a soldier, all the weapons complement and support one another as a unit, as a body, as we go about to follow Christ and the leading of the Holy Spirit to achieve all that we want to achieve to do. You know, we're in a spiritual battle and we need spiritual weapons. So specifically, let's focus on the gift of the discerning of spirits this afternoon. And this is a description of the gift of discerning of spirits. It's the ability to recognize, identify, and distinguish between various kinds of spirits that confront us. Our life with Christ and our, in, and our ministries in the supernatural realm. So it's the ability to recognize, identify, and distinguish between various kinds of spirits and they confront us. In our life with Christ and in our ministries, wherever your ministry may be, and in the supernatural realm. You know, we read before in Ephesians 6.12 that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in, the, in this age. But we need also, very, very, very importantly, and most importantly, we need the gift of discerning of spirits to identify the Holy Spirit. That's primary. We need to identify the Holy Spirit so we can move with him to identify each other and also the plans and operations of the devil and the fallen angels. See, these are the purposes of the gift of discerning of spirits. They lift the veil that covers the unseen spiritual world, the world we must see if we're going to be effective. Secondly, is to see how God sees. We can go below the outward appearance in the spiritual realm, and we can see what's operating behind things. Thirdly, is to protect us from the enemy's deceptions that are evil and destructive. See, we cannot fight an enemy that we cannot see. 
One of the greatest problems on the battlefield is locating the enemy because it does not want to be seen. It knows if it gets seen, it can be taken out. So if we can't see something, we cannot take it out. And if we can't see something, we cannot be led by it. So we need to be in the Spirit to see the things of the Spirit. Another great thing, and importantly, it's there to diagnose people's problems and help them. You see a lot of issues that arise in the natural and in the body of the Christ. We place natural psychology and we apply natural medicines, and I'm not disregarding uh, psychology, I'm not disregarding medicines, they all pay their part, they're fantastic. But a lot of the time, we're dealing with a spiritual issue with natural wisdom. And we will never get the victory there. Remember what I said, the enemy wants to win the firefight and he wants to keep our heads down so we cannot see what he's doing in the realm of the spirit, amen? You see that the gift is not just isolated to the discerning of evil spirits, which is the common thought in the body, I believe. It's there most importantly to discern the Holy Spirit, to discern the human spirit, and to discern the angels, both fallen and God's angels. Amen. We'll go on to that more phrase shortly. You see, the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest importance, not to see the demonic, but the genuine. The greatest importance is not that we see the demonic, but we see the genuine. See, I heard a story about a man who went into a bank and he had some notes that he wanted to see whether they were counterfeit or not. And he handed them over to the banker and he looked at them and he said, no, they're not counterfeit. And he said, can I just ask you, how long is your training for you to learn every type of counterfeit money that is out there in the system and through the economy? And he said, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. We just focus on the right one. We just focus on the one that isn't counterfeit, and therefore we can discern everything that isn't counterfeit. So that's the key, that we identify and we get to learn the Holy Spirit. And one of the greatest ways that we do that, the only way, is through the Word of God. Amen? See, we must be in tune and we must flow in line with the Holy Spirit. The discerning of the human spirit then. Well, we need to be able to recognize our brothers and sisters in the spirit. We must be able to discern each other. You see, Jesus does this. In John 1, 4, 17, it says, As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine man of Israel a man of complete integrity. How did Jesus know that? Jesus used the gift of discerning of the human spirit to identify Nathaniel in his spirit. And we need to do that. Because, as I'll move on to later, not everyone is operating for the kingdom of God. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? I was just here a, a, a couple months ago, actually, and, and we had a guest speaker come to us. And I was just sat down by the stairs there, and as I looked over to him, 
I just saw, I felt in my spirit and I saw incredible love in his spirit. And, I, and it was so strong and so powerful that I couldn't help but go and share it with him. It was only when I was doing this study that I thought, maybe I was discerning his spirit there. I was going to the heart of the man and, and observing what an incredible man of integrity and love that he has. I was also, years ago, when I was a young Christian, obviously these gifts began to operate. I was in a church and I didn't know anybody there. I was just so thirsty for the word of God. On a Sunday, I would just go anywhere to go and try and listen to, to, to a message and to drink of the living waters. And there was a lady there, and you know, I try to be as polite as I possibly can, but she wasn't very aesthetically pleasing to the eye, should we say. <laughs> but as I turned to see her, I saw a light radiant from her and it was beautiful I saw her as Christ sees her a beautiful lady of God worshipping and I could discern her human spirit what a beautiful beautiful lady she was and I try and encourage that to my girlfriend all the time as well you know I say to her you've just got a beautiful spirit do you know <laughs> <laughs> you see we get to discern the human spirit we get to discern one another and how good is that for when you're doing business deals or you're out and about doing meetings and you're doing business things and how many people can you trust this day and at this age you're there and many of you are working out in your ministry out in the workplace you go to do a business meal you go for an interview whatever it might be you shake their hand, you're operating the discerning spirits, you'll be able to discern whether they're honest or whether they're true and discern by their words. It has so many great benefits. The other thing that we can discern is angels. And there's two types of angels. Angels of the Lord, and we've got the fallen angels that went with the Lucifer on the fall. Hebrews 1.14 says, are they, not, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who would inherit salvation? So we've got angels that go forward and we have ministering angels that are on our side that are working for us. They are our fast air cover on the battlefield that's there. And believe you me, when you're in a firefight, when you're on the battlefield, there's nothing more reassuring to give you courage and to give you comfort when you know you've got a little bit of aerial cover above you, when things are going a little bit pear-shaped. But that's the courage we have when we're in the spirit, when we're in faith, that we know right now in the midst of us, there are angelic hosts with us in this place right now, looking upon us, encouraging us, supporting us. They are there everywhere we go and in everything we do. And that can bring you courage, that can bring you comfort, wherever you are on your own or wherever, whatever you're doing, wherever you might be, Take courage and have faith that you have angels around you all the time ministering for you and working on your behalf. Amen? Amen. Fallen angels. Do you know the enemy is the great counterfeiter? And in the word of God, in 2 Corinthians 11:14, he says, he comes as an angel of 
light. This is the importance of the discerning of spirits. So we can clearly see what we are dealing with. Because many people that come, and it's spoken in the word in the ages to come, the false prophets will come in his name. And if we're not wise and savvy, as we draw closer to those times, we can be deceived very easily and taken off track. And the greatest weapon we have to discerning that is the Holy Spirit, the discerning of the human spirits, and through the Word of God. We must become masters in the Word because they are so twisted but so clever. We only have to see that in the Garden of Eden Eden, with Eve, how we twisted the Word. And I've been on the receiving end of this myself. I was in my church and a lady came up to me and she said, Chris, you need to leave this church. And she shared with me the reasons why I should leave that church. And to be honest with you, a lot of them, what she said had an element of truth to it. That's the the scary thing. It has truth in the midst of it. And I'm going to talk about mixture very shortly. But I just knew in my spirit, God has not spoken to me to go anywhere. And no matter what I was facing, I knew I just had to anchor my soul to the word of God and to what he has spoken. And he had planted there, me there, and he had not told me to go anywhere. Now, if I wasn't discerning and I listened to that voice, and at the time, it would have been very, very, very easy for me to leave that church because some of the things that were unfortunately going on. But I stayed steadfast in my spirit and I said no. And then it came to fruition why I knew why the enemy would want me to leave prematurely. And I don't believe I'd be here right now if I did hearken to her voice. So we must be discerning. And she was a Christian lady, diligent Christian lady in the body, but she was yielding to something that was not of God. And we've got to be discerning of that. You see, it's important that we operate in the gifts of discerning of spirit so that we can see what's for us and also what is against us. You know, recently, a lady came up to me and she said, "Um, Chris, can I speak to you? I said, of course you can. She went, I had this powerful dream. And she said, in this dream, I knew it was a God dream and I believed her, I I wouldn't say it was a God dream, but I believed she had a very significant dream. In this dream, I saw a beautiful, beautiful angel come to me and it told me to go somewhere to minister. Do you see how it's guised in, in, in truth? A beautiful angel of light going to tell someone to minister and do things. So I said, okay, first things first. Tell me about the angel. Well, it's a beautiful female angel. Right, okay. And where was it asking you to go? Well, it was asking me to go to, and I won't name the place, and I thought, it's not a very good place and firstly I said when I read through the Bible I don't read one instance of any female angels and I said straight away I would not yield to that dream if I was you see we see how deceptive it is if we don't know our word came as a beautiful shining light but there was a twist there was something wrong if we don't know the word 
something that enemy can take us straight out of track. Potentially she was yielding to something there that shouldn't be yielding to and it was hindering her. Demons. Now whatever theology you believe, whether you believe that demons are a pre-Adamic race or whether you believe that the demons are the fallen angels or or whatever it might be, we, we know that there's demons on this earth that operate. And they operate to as liars, they came to deceive us, they come to accuse, and they come to hate. They come to bring disunity, and they come to destroy. In Acts 16, 16 to 18, it says, one day, this is Paul and Silas in the book of Acts, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left. You see, another story I heard of of that great man of God, Derek Prince, He said he was in a prayer line teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And a lady came up to the front and she said, will you pray for me? I've been um, operating as a medium and and I want to be free from it. Now Derek discerned in his spirit, he shares, that he didn't believe she was fully repentant of her and she was still doing what she said she wanted to be free from. And he sent her away. She then came back and said, I've honestly finished all that I'm doing. Derek said, I still don't quite believe in my spirit, but I thought, okay, I, I will pray. And he began to pray for her, and he said it was so hard, the resistance that he was feeling in his spirit as he was praying for this lady. And then he paused for a second, and he said he looked at this lady, and her eyes had a fixed stare on him. And she said to him, you are going to be in a car crash. I see you wrapped around a tree and I see blood all inside of the car. Derek quickly thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to be in a road crash. But he quickly discerned and he said, you foul demonic spirit. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I do not yield to that in the name of Jesus. I will not have a car crash. I will, and he started to declare the truth of God's word. Do you see how the enemy operates, can operate through people who are earthly, who are soulish? Because it's the avenue in which the enemy comes through. Now, all the enemy wanted you to do, all he wants us to do is to yield to what he's declared. Because when we yield to it, we accept it, and then it can come to fruition unless God sovereignly intercepts. Myself, I was in a helicopter. I experienced this myself. We are heading off into a mission right into the heart of a very, very heavy stronghold of enemy resistance. And I was very fearful, if I'm honest with you. All I could do was just sit in that helicopter. I think it was a two-hour flight to get to the heart of this enemy uh, 
enemy stronghold that we were going to, to infiltrate under the cover of darkness. The, while I was uh, flying, all I was to do was to pray and pray and just yield to my spirit and keep praying and try and keep anxiety and fear from coming near my dwelling. I just had to keep on fighting the good fight of faith and pushing it away in the spirit. And I just spoke over my life, Psalm 1, Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 144, just reciting it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. And just I began to relax a little bit. I started to have my face stirred. And just at that moment, a voice came to me in my spirit. And the voice said to me, Chris. And I said, yes. Yes, Lord. And he said, Chris, um, something's going to happen to you tonight. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here of what I've heard him, but there's still a small voice in my spirit. I said, okay. He said, well, and the great thing is, this is this deceptive thing. I've learned just to obey with God with everything he tells me to do. I've just learned to not question, just do what he says to do. No matter how it appears in the natural, just obey. And he has sorted it out. If we just obey. So it was almost as if the, something was playing on my obedience there. And I said, well, yes, Lord, what, what, what is it? And he said, well, something's going to happen to you tonight. I said, well, okay, Lord, what is it? And he said, well, you're going to get yourself into a situation tonight and, you know, and, you know, my head started to think then, am I going to stand on an improvised explosive device? Am I going to lose a leg? Am I going to get shot? Am I going to lose an arm? What is it going to be? He said, but it's okay, you will survive. You will live, but you will have severe damage. And I went, well, I suppose it's better than dying. And, do you know, I thought, well, I'm a quite, a, quite a fit, strong man. And, you know, maybe, Lord, I could... I could, I could go into the Paralympics or something and I, I could win the Olympics and I could preach your word when I, when I win gold. And great. Do you see compromise? He always wants us to, to compromise. I said, well, Lord, hold on a sec. I said, I have my whole family praying for me. I have my whole church praying for me. I've, have, I've got prophecies over my life of the things that I'll do and the things that I'll achieve. And, and, and Lord, I, I'm just confused. Excuse me for being... For, for answering back in any way and respectfully I mean to say this Lord but your word also states in Psalm 1 that you'll lead me and guide me in your ways and truths and no weapon formed against me shall prosper and goodness and mercy shall follow me all days of my life no weapon formed against me shall prosper you'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy you've anointed me with oil goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life long life you'll satisfy me and you'll show me your salvation well how is it Lord that you're now telling me the penny dropped. I said, you foul demonic spirit. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I rose up there with further zeal and I thought, well, I'm obviously onto a breakthrough here. Something's going to happen tonight. We're going to go in. God, you're with me. You're going to protect me. And that enemy's a liar. But I heard I had a great revelation at that point. If I yielded to that word and to his, what he said, I believe something could have happened to me that night. Be careful what you put your ears to. Filter everything through his inherent, infallible, and inspired word. Amen.
So what do these gifts do for us? Well, they give us courage. They, they give us the ability to, to see. They give us the uh, ability to, to stay on track with God. They give us the ability to discern the things that come in our path that uh, are not of God. They are great for evangelism. And they're there to encourage us and they're to build the body of Christ up in unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. God has not left us without the weapons we require to succeed and to defend our victory here on this earth. There's one thing I really want to close on that was really impressed upon my heart when I was preparing this message. And I believe this, as I said at the beginning, could be a key to maybe your breakthrough, but also potentially um, the key to us remaining victorious as a body and you individually in your life. You see, I was mentioning something about mixture. It's where the Spirit of God is operating, but also there's polluted waters that come in and pollute the Word of God as well. And on many occasions, people, innocent people, innocent, lovely people who love God with all their hearts, naively, are yielding to the wrong spirits. What's happening is they're tapping into the earthly realm and it's renewing their minds and it's giving the enemy a foothold in their life and allowing them to pollute what comes out of their mouth. Something inside them becomes toxic and the waters are polluted. You know, I was in a prayer meeting just to illustrate my point and when I was in a prayer meeting, I felt tremendous resistance in the spirit. And as I was praying and discerning, I said, what is this resistance that I'm experiencing? And I looked over to my side, and there was a, a sweet lady, maybe um, 35 years old, and she operated incredibly in the gift of prophecy. I don't know if not so long ago, unfortunately, one of the red arrows crashed and somebody died. Well, the day before, she prophesied and said, we need to pray for the red arrows. I've seen that there's going to be a disaster. There's going to be... And the next day, we saw in the news that that occurred. So we thought, wow, she really operates in this gift. But while she was praying, I felt tremendous resistance in the spirit. And I saw in the realm of the spirit that she was yielding to something that wasn't of God, that was hampering, and she was praying in and against the things and the move of God. I went over to my colleague, it was when I was at Bible college, and I said, there's something going wrong here. They're, they're coming in, and there's, there's pollution coming in, and there's a hindrance to our prayers. And we both just gathered around her, and we both just about to speak in tongues, and we don't speak to the person. We love the person, we, we, we fight the enemy. Yeah. Otherwise, we get the baseball bat to the enemy, and then if we do it wrong, then we catch them as well. We're to love them, and we hate the enemy. We start to pray into that thing, and it started to buckle. Right before our eyes, she started to buckle, and she collapsed on our knees as the power of that spirit of whatever she was yielding to then went away from her. And I believe she knew there was something wrong in her life, and she was yielding to it because she came afterwards and said, thank you. 
thank you for your prayers. I believe she knew that something wasn't quite right in her life and there was mixture. You see, it says in Matthew 24, 9, that and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You see, King Solomon, he says in 1 Kings 3.9, So give your servant a discerning heart. And R.T. Kendall, I read in one of his books, said we should pray this every single day. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. The gift of the Spirit will take down strongholds and it will come against false doctrine and false arguments. I believe we must start now to begin to exercise these gifts in the spirit. You know, the great Jonathan Edwards, I quoted in the beginning, and he says here again now that when revival comes, the church will be revived. But he also says, so also will be the devil. He says the task of every generation that's you and I today, is to discern in which way Satan turns up and to move in the opposite direction. And I want to ask this afternoon, what is Satan up to in your life? What is he strategically planning to bring you down? Because he's patient and he's been around for a very long time. What is Satan up to in the body of Christ, into our very own church? What is he strategizing? What is Satan up to in this nation? And what, very importantly, is the Holy Spirit doing? Because as long as we are directed by him, then he will give us the weapons and we will have the ability to discern through the gifts of the Spirit all that is happening on. You see, we need to be mature and we need to discern mixture in the body of Christ. Why don't we just stand to our feet and bow our eyes. Bow our heads and close our eyes. And just as I close, I said at the beginning that we we're in a spiritual war and God, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, has not let, rendered you incapable or without the weapons necessary to to discern the Holy Spirit, the way he's going. He's not left you without the power of the Holy Spirit to have victory in your lives over sin. He's not left us without the gifts to discern each other through the, through the discerning of the human spirit. He's, he's not left us without the angelic host to, to, to work alongside us and to, to work for us. And I would just like you to begin to think about this and pray into this. It's speaking about mixture. 
Where in your life are you living where you potentially are yielding to the earthly, to the sensual, yielding to the realm of where the enemy operates? Where is there a foothold that he has got into your life? Where is your mind being renewed to him? And where potentially is there mixture? You see, that will divide us. It will render us incapable of fulfilling our full lives that Christ has for us. The other thing I'd like to ask you to think about is is there any major illness in your life that you just cannot get rid of? Because of a lot of the times we are battling in the natural against something that is spiritual. And I'm not saying this is the case, but there's a good chance that it might be not what the doctors have diagnosed in the natural, but it might be something spiritual that has got a foothold there. And he's winning the firefight and he's blinding you to see the truth of what it is. And I want to tell you in the name of Jesus this afternoon that by his stripes you are healed. Anything that's in your body that is not of a Christ, when you live a repentant life and you're walking in the path of righteousness for him's sake, is an imposter in your body. It is an illegal immigrant and it has no right to be in you. And the final thing that was placed on my heart while I was preparing this, and we heard the story of Derek Prince. If there's anybody here this afternoon who has ever dealt in the occult, who has ever previously operated as a medium, who has ever played with Ouija boards, who has ever had their palms read, or has worked with tarot cards, has ever had a word spoken to them that speaks death over their life and not life. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to encourage you this morning, this afternoon, to be free from that. You know, it says if we confess our sins to one another, we confess our sins to God, He is just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. We can break that chain because the anointing breaks every chain of anything you've been involved in in your past that can prevent the enemy from coming into your life. But not only that, it will allow the power of the Holy Spirit to freely run through your lives, through your spirits, and therefore operate in the accuracy and in the fullness of the power 
of what Christ died upon that cross for you to operate in through the gifts of the Spirit. If any one of those points while I've been speaking has spoken to you here by the Holy Spirit, whether that be illness, whether that be any sin in your life where you believe the enemy is, may have a foothold and through this message you've been enlightened to the truth and enlightened to how he operates. And if you've ever been involved in any air of the occult, I'll ask you to raise your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Just where you are. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. No one else is around is looking. For those who've raised your hand, just keep your hands raised there. And if our ministry team could just look around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is going to set you free this afternoon in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All those who have raised their hands, I will ask you now, if you wouldn't mind just coming down to the front here, I'd like to pray for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just raise our hands up to God. I want to tell you now and I want to encourage you right now. That when I walk past you by faith, when I lay my hands upon you, together by faith, whatever you've placed your hands to, maybe it is sin in your life, that when you confess your sins before God, before man, that it will be set free. If any illness that we perceive is caused through the enemy, and through the Spirit, we're going to believe by faith right now that those chains are going to be broken. You're going to be set free and you're going to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And any of those who have ever done, dealt in the occult in any way, shape or form, any words that have been spoken over you through those mediums, we are going to rebuke in the name of Jesus. They are not yours to have. They may sound good, they may sound good, but he comes as an angel of light. He is a liar and he is deceiver. You are to rebuke those words in the name of Jesus. And you're going to be set free. And you're going to hear the word of God. And he's going to give you fresh revelation. He's going to give you a fresh word of all that he predestined for you to achieve. And you're going to live in the fullness of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever it is, just yield yourself to the Spirit right now. And we trust that... The anointing is going to break every single chain, every yoke. In the name of Jesus, set free now. In the name of Jesus, set free now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, free, free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, free. In the name of Jesus, glory to God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Free in the name of Jesus. Free. Free in the name of Jesus. Free in the name. In the name of Jesus. Free now. Free now. Thank you, Father. Your anointing breaks every chain in the name of Jesus. All things passed away. All things made new. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Free now. In the name. In the name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Every chain free. In the name of Jesus. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. Fresh anointing. In the name of Jesus. Set free by the blood of Jesus. Free. In the name of Jesus. Free. Never to be the same. Every chain broken. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every chain broken. Every chain broken. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. And thank you so much for all your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your obedience for all of you stepping forward this afternoon. God is going to bless you. God is going to reward you. And you truly shall have a rich and satisfying life in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you all, congregation. Be blessed. Have a great week. Glory to God.